He's done it. The magic little man has produced a sensational goal. Oh, Thomas. Oh, beautifully taken goal by Mickey Thomas. In comes Thomas. Clements has got the ball. No! Thomas has hooked it in. In came Thomas. It still looked as though Clements had got it. But just as he seemed to have it in his hands, Thomas recovered more quickly and stabbed it in. Welcome to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Sam Homewood, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts David May and Helen Evans. Everybody, how are we all? We're good, Sam. All good, Simon. All good. Sam will do. Thank you. Glad to be back at Old Trafford, guys, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just can't wait until there's a buzz around and I'm stuck in traffic after a game. That's a weird thing to be like to be stuck yeah, in but traffic. You know what I mean? You still, I still actually miss even that part of it. Yeah, it's weird that though. Miss that, those match but it's days weird that you're not like I can't wait to be back. At the game no, with all the fans. Your is, first thought is that traffic. Bit, that bit. But you just can't wait for the whole buzz of a match day. It's just mm-hmm. been so long. It yeah. I, I agree with you. Thank you. I agree. Thank you, Maisie, also for sticking traffic. up for me. The thing is, Sam has never yeah, drove. Yeah, exactly. So you he's don't understand the traffic situation. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. your automatic learner car. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, who have we got on today? Mickey T, and I'm so excited. He's a legend. Oh, what a legend. He's different yeah. class. I, I, uh, I remember the first time I met him. Because every, every, obviously you two have known him for so long, and I only met him a couple of years ago, and he's so nice. Like immediately, oh, it's so nice friendly. Person. He is super guy. When I first heard about what happened with Mickey, I was absolutely devastated because we mm. didn't know all the details at the time, and I remember texting him, and it all happened so quick with him, didn't it? Yeah, he just because he came surgery, back from so he'd been away on it with, uh, yeah. with Robbo and a couple of other lads, and next minute he's being rushed into hospital to have a tumor removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within very, the space very. of three or four days, it's like, wow. How yeah. does your world get any more flit Upside than that? down, yeah. Especially Mickey is somebody who we know. He's he infectious, is so Mickey. full of life. Ah, he's, he's so class. infectious. He's bouncing off walls with happiness when he comes in. Yeah. And just whenever whenever we all heard the news, it was just so devastating. Heartbreaking, but yeah. He's back. Was, he's back. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely amazing to have him with us today. And I know there's going to be some... Some great stories. Mm-hmm. I uh, I love doing the older players who are from a, a generation mm-hmm. that I didn't live through because there's there's so many things you just don't know and I think there's a few people that feel the same that it's like it's really fun talking to the players that we've seen play but actually there's something totally brand new about speaking to a generation that you missed out on because mm-hmm. of being too young and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Totally agree with that point, yeah. Sam. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I know it's going off the subject there. I saw Tony Whelan over there checking in and he actually said. Your podcasts are absolutely brilliant. He said they are so good. He said all the older generation are absolutely amazing. He said they're unbelievable. Yeah, we need to get him on, Tony. That would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, his favourites are Jimmy Ryan and Albert. Probably up there in the top three of all interviews we've done. That's amazing. Yeah, it's so nice. He said, keep, keep, keep up the good work, guys. Marcus Rashford mentioned Tony and I think a few others yeah, have as well. Yeah. Anyway. Mickey T. Mickey Let's T. Let's get Let's him on. Bring him on. Mickey T. How are you? I am so happy to see you. It's been a long time and obviously we will get into everything a little bit later, but how are you for now? I'm doing good. Um, I've had a, a tough 18 months, but... I'm on the way to recover. Um, lost a lot of weight, of course, but um, I'm just getting back and I'm eating a lot better now, so I'm getting stronger every day. 
back in the gym, you've been telling me? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I do a, mostly walking now. I think with my condition, I can't do um, a marathon no more. I can only do 13 miles, but yeah, half marathon. Yeah, it, but I'm getting there. I'm, as I said before, it, it's a tough thing I've been through, but I'm focused and I'm very positive for what, I'm, what I've got to do. Tell, tell, um, tell the listeners, mate, what you went through. What, what was it? Well, I had a, an illness which I didn't realise for a long time. Uh, they didn't uh, detect it until it was a little bit too late for me. Uh, it's called a autopsis, which is um, down there, my food pipe. Right. Um, cancer disorder. The cancer, yeah. yeah. So I had to have an operation um, because um, I, I've gone a little bit too far. Um, they had to cut it out in one go. Um, that means I've lost half my tummy. Mm-hmm. My tummy's not down there now, it's up here, there's sewn up here. Um, yeah, it, it was major surgery and it was like uh, out of 100 people said only 30% can make it. So it was a very nervous time. Certainly going to my operation on the morning, uh, knowing whether I was going to come out of it and that. And certainly I was more concerned, not with the operation, but the surgeon was a Liverpool fan, so it gave me a little bit more to be <laughs> worrying about. You've got what she sent to you. <laughs> Yeah. Was it was yeah. it Robbo who, who told you to go? Yeah, on? I was I was in um, Bangkok having a, a, a golf uh, event and um, I couldn't swallow. I kept being sick every day, and Robbo said to me, "You need to go to the doctor. There's something seriously wrong with you." And I looked at him and I, and I could tell by his face that he said, "You know, he meant what he." Yeah. I, so the next day, well, well, two days later, I got back. I went to um, a private clinic, and when I went to the clinic, was I sat there and the guy came in and said. Um, we're going to put a camera down you and we're going to detect whether you've got anything. And, you know, if not, you yeah. can go home. So I had the camera down me and um, about half an hour, they came in, three, three people. And I, I could see the way he was looking at me. And he goes, um, I said, how did I do? And uh, unfortunately, he said, we couldn't get the camera down you. I said, pardon? He said, um, with my experience, he said, you have a very large tumour. And he said, at this moment in time, he said, it doesn't look very good for you. It's bleeding. And, and, I, and my next words were, I said, how, how long have I got to live? And he goes, I don't know, he said, but we have to get you in next week. We have to do a, a scan on you as to see how far uh, it's gone and whether we can save you. So that was horrific because my son and my daughter were calling me that evening, knew I've gone for a scan. Yeah. And I couldn't pick the phone up to say that I've got a serious condition here. That it, you know, it, it shocked me. It, it, it was, it's so frightening. I don't mind admitting that. I know I, I broke down. I cried, and you know I, I, I didn't know where to go. I, I'm happy go lucky. Mm-hmm. I've been a footballer and had a great life. And then you walk into that hospital and you see the reality of the real world. You know, young kids with cancer. Yeah. And it, then it brings you home to this. You know, this is not a game for me now. This is a, this is a big problem I've got. How how did you tell your your children in the end? I had to. Um, joke about it like I normally do I said um, it doesn't look like it's very good for me um, I don't want to live to an old age anyway you know I've had a good life and that, that's what I was doing I was laughing and joking and then um, I had three more scans um, one is called a PET scan which goes right to your body uh, and I, I had two CT scans which is does everything of your body um, yeah so it's a bit of a nightmare um, you know, then I had an infection in my gums, which I still have got no teeth at the moment. They had to take them all out in one go uh, to do the operation. So I went through a, quite a lot, but it was emotionally, but mentally and that for my family, I was, just, I was worried about them, not me. Mm-hmm. I was worried about them, what, you know, how, what effect that would have me not making it. Mm. But they must have worried because I mean. the, the scan results, it was, is it 10 days between doing the scans no, and getting the results? Because 
because they did the camera work, they they got the results within a couple of hours. Right. Okay. And that they 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 knew it was bad. Yeah. Um, and it, it grown and it was, it was a very thick tumor mm-hmm. because when they did the operation, it was that big. They they've cut me there, but they cut me at the back. They had to break my ribs to get the cancer through it. It was that big uh, uh, cancer. Jesus. So when you say that. You said you'd been being sick, you know, when they run up to that. Had that been going on for a long time? Yeah, for, for, for nearly a year. I had been really? going to the, uh, the doctors and they had blood tested. Oh, you're fine. You're fit. You look good. Um, and I said, no, I can't swallow. Um, but they kept giving me tablets. Another month, two months, come back and that. And in the end, I, I decided to go private. And mm-hmm. that's what... So if you, if you hadn't chose that, or even Robbo saying you need to go... I, well, on the day of the operation, mate, on, on my daughter's life, the exact words the surgeon said to me, how have you been the last two days? I said, well, I, I haven't been able to have any water. I can't swallow anything. Because mm-hmm. this is why we have to do the operation today. Because next week you wouldn't be here. So that, that obviously scary, isn't it? That's Thinking what's going to happen. Oh, I, I, was, I was in shock. You know, I, as I said, I, 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 I collapsed. And um, when they initially told me I, I collapsed and that fainted. Because I didn't think I was going to survive it. It's so difficult for your family as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it affects everyone, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, and you, know, you, you try to be brave as an individual. That like, Nothing's happening. But, you know, when I'm going to bed at night, I'm thinking, I've got to go through this operation. Mm-hmm. And make or break for me. Mm-hmm. I know when I drove away from North Wales, because I live in a beautiful place, I looked round at the scenery thinking, I might not be coming back here after today. You know, that, so it was a nervous sign for me. That, do you know what? I never even thought of that. And that must happen to people all the time that go for major operations and stuff. That they just that journey in is, I guess, well, yeah. psychologically, I, I guess, is not wildly that different to to like someone walking down the corridor at death row. Like you, you you're just thinking this could, this is it. This might be the last time I see a tree and stuff. like yeah. that. Yeah, well, didn't it, yeah, it was a twenty yard like walk it. into that operating theatre. Yeah, um, um, I, as I'm walking with the surgeon by me. Thinking, and I get on my bed and that, then they have to put an apple jewel in my back for some reason and um, they inject me and then, you know, they said, you know, you, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I, they couldn't get me to sleep at first and they have to put another thing to knock me out. Um, but Was that I, you fighting because you don't want to go to sleep? I didn't want to go to sleep, mate. I, I don't mind. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't mind. I'm not ashamed. I, I'm, no. I was petrified. I was scared. I, 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 I thought, I, I'm not going to survive this. You, you How think long that? was the operation? It's seven hours. Oh, my yeah. God. It was a lot, it was a massive operation because, as I said, they've cut me from the back, and it, it's the most complicated operation in cancer because that's where they got to take that. Yeah. But they've got to come in from the side right. and get it out there. So, yeah. But well, the good here. thing is, you're here. Yeah, yeah. And how how are you now? Um, I, I'm feeling good. I mean, I have my bad days. I've obviously got to take medication, um, which is which I is don't fine. I don't mind. It keeps me alive. So. Yeah, um, I can't do what I want to do, but you know, I'm, I'm, I can play golf a little bit. Not, not great, but I, I can play golf a bit. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. You were golfing yesterday, weren't you? Know, you? As, as I said, the one thing, Helen, uh, to all of you, is that the support I had was absolutely amazing, outstanding. Um, the club was incredible. You know, like people give me money. I'm not a wealthy person that I have been. I'm not very good at that, but. It, it, it made me feel very emotional and, that, you know, mm-hmm. and humble that, that, that these people mm-hmm. are giving me everything, you know what I mean, looking after me. You know, yourself included, phone calls made, everyone, you know, Rushy, everyone called me. 
it was, it was like Alex Ferguson phoned me and that, and you know, he said, you're, you're strong, you're, you're a tough little lad, you'll, you, you'll beat this and that, you know. So that, that encouragement from everyone yes. within football and outside football was, was, was amazing. But you are so well loved, Mickey. You light up a room whenever you come in. Yeah. So the outpour of, of people um, coming, you know, out with on Twitter, you were trending on Twitter and it was in the media. And that's testament to you and your character, but probably something you were too humble to really think about before. But you're a very well-loved person, yeah, especially around I mean, the club. Like, yeah, I think, you know, you respect people, don't you? I mean, I respect anyone, anyone who works here, you know, the, the doorman. You always, I always shake hands with everyone and that, respect everyone. You know, um, I had a, a tough upbringing, there's no question about that. I was uh, uh, a thick kid, I couldn't read or write when I was a kid, you know what I mean? I, I, was, I was poor, um, I had no confidence as a kid. Without a ball, I was a different individual, but without that ball, I was nothing. So, I, I, you know, it's very tough for me growing up. And I, you can imagine going to school and that and get the mix taken out of me. I was in the bottom class and that. Uh, how you thick? You can't spell your own name. And, you know, what's two and two? I knew that was five, but I didn't tell them that. But, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but, but, you know, you said it gives you character. Maybe, you know, I, I, I come through um, a football period where, you know, you had to work. You know, I think it was on seven pounds a week and five pounds was for digs. You have to clean the boots, clean the pitch, paint the stands. So I had a tough upbringing, but it's a good education. It put me in good stead for the, for, you know, for the future. Talking about your upbringing, I was just going to come on to that. Born in... Go on. Tell us. Moxbury, yeah. Come on, hell. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Amazing. How's your Welsh? Nice, but it's a how's your thing. Welsh? Yucky I know da. I actually haven't heard a Welsh accent from you. Yucky da. That's uh, Welsh, isn't it? It's not an accent, though, is it? You're just saying that in your normal voice. Normally we get accents <laughs> from Hello, you. <laughs> yeah, nice. Could go Chill out. I'll take you in a minute. <laughs> um, so you were born there in Wales. Yeah, yeah. So you you've just touched on that. You know, you had a tough childhood. Tell us about growing up, siblings, family. Well, I actually never grew up, and I'm still I'm still the same size. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you um, came out that size. I, I think what happened is you know you know we all come different um, live in different places. I'm, mine was a tough. I mean, of course it was. I mean. Um, I just played football. As I said, I, I, I was very poor in school. Um, I, I focused on that, the, the estate I lived in. Um, well, majority of everyone was the same, poor. But, you know, as I said, I just played football and that got me out of that environment, which was, you know... What, what did your parents do? Brothers, My, my dad was a little bit of a footballer. Um, my mum was a cook. She from Ireland. Right. My mum um, was from um, Dublin, uh, Wicklow. Yeah, I made my dad, yeah. I mean, they give us what you, they could provide for us, yeah. know, like everyone else. Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got um, two brothers and one sister, yeah. And you're in the pecking order of? Um, um, I'm the third oldest. Yeah. Third oldest? Yeah, <laughs> which is a lot. This is a lot. 66. Third oldest? So you're second youngest? Yeah, not third. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, second, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, same as me. Yeah, yeah, it's a Welsh way, though. That's a Welsh way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Baffled me. <laughs> Did you play football with your brothers and sister? Or? Yeah, I played, all, I played all the time. As I said, I don't know what possessed me, but, you know, one thing that I had that some people struggle with is fitness. I was super fit. I don't know what made me get up four or five o'clock every morning. Even before I got taken on as a football, I used to run everywhere, put a ball across the wall every morning, come back with, you know, the milkman or the bedman and give me fresh milk and bread from my mum and that, you know, for nothing. So, yeah, I, I just carried on doing that and... I played football 24-7. What age was that? Uh, 11, 12. You'd be out just running? Yeah, just, just did it. Amazing. You know, if you ask anyone... Before I, school, that? Sorry? Is that before school? 
before school, yeah. yeah. At yeah. five o'clock in the morning? I run every morning, honestly. You ask anyone, Helen, or, or anybody in football where I played at, I was the fittest football. No, ah, one, could, no, one, could, no one could keep up with me. I was naturally fit. I could run all day. Um, you know, so that was my strength, you know, running. Did, uh, was there a football team you supported or were there players that you idolised when you were younger? Yeah, well, of course. The, 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 the legends of, you know, like George Best, Alan Ball, they're, they're all that. You know, Dennis Law, they're all legends, aren't they? The game and that. And, you know, Pele, you know, Eusebio. Yeah. You know, there's loads out there. Who was your hero growing up? Alan Ball. Alan Ball. Because he's the same size. I watched him in the World Cup in 66 and he was a man of the match for me and he had an outstanding game. Uh, a brilliant player. Um, and actually, I, I played, played for him as a... He was a manager of Stoke mm-hmm. near the end of my career, yeah. Yeah, obviously he's gone now, but great guy as well. Was football always what you wanted to do? Because you um, say, I assume you didn't enjoy school by the way you're talking. Yeah, it was the only thing I could do. I had, I had no, no um, quality in terms of, you know, work-wise and that. But um, when I was 13, uh, they asked me what I wanted to do. Um, I said, well, I'm going to be a footballer. And, and the woman laughed at me. She's probably Strange, not laughing now. They laughed at me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, I think I yeah. must laugh at a lot of people when they do that. I'm happy with that now, Maisie. Yeah. yeah. Well, they must, yeah. do, they must air it week in, week out, but, yeah. you know, to fulfil your, yeah. your dream and to do what you've done. Is it right that a local factory bought your first boots? Yeah, because I had no money and that. I played in a, in a, in a men's team um, in, a, in a very physical league. When you were 13? Yeah. That's crazy. Is yeah. that just because you were so I, fit? And they, yeah, they bought me a pair of boots and that. Yeah. My first pair of boots. Can you remember what they were? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, I don't know. I no. don't know what they're. I can't no. remember. I can't remember. Black. Yeah. Black boots. They wouldn't be black or well, they be pink or yellow or orange or anything like oh, today. They went, no, 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 none no. of that, no. Basic, get on with it. Mm. Were you always a winger? No, I'm, I played a lot in midfield more than I did on the, on the wide, but because my left foot, people wanted to always, you know, everywhere I went, wanted to be for my left foot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they're hard to come by, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, left foot, not many natural ones about, are they? So I was always um, on the wanted list. <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> we'll get on to that later. Yeah, okay. please, yeah. But before that, uh, Wrexham was your first club. Yeah, Wrexham was my first club. How did you? How did that come about? And at this point, where were Wrexham in the football tier system? Um, they were in the, the fourth division. Yeah. Uh, they asked me to come for a trial. Um, uh, I scored three goals on my debut, uh, uh, um, and that's it. They signed me after that. I scored three goals. I'll do, wasn't it? Yeah, and they signed me. Up, um, I, I left home at four, uh, 15. How far was Wrexham from where you lived? Um, it was about an hour. Um, and you went into Diggs then? It seemed like six or seven hours. We, we only had £5 a week or £7 a week I was on. £5 was for, for Diggs and uh, £2, whatever it was, for food. And, you know, whatever. I said, thumb home. Every, I, if I go, went home, I used to thumb home all the time. Yeah. That's what we used to do. So you lived Jones. in Diggs? Yeah, yeah. 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 With Joey Jones? Yeah. Yeah? How yeah. was that? With who? Well, we were best mates, obviously, and he, he paid for Liverpool eventually. Joey Jones. Oh. Uh, he was a great guy. We're still best friends today, you know. But, yeah, but it's like everyone else, mate. Yeah. You know, you, what were your digs like? Um, obviously, you come same, from home. We had the same meal every night. Soggy it? chips, it was a nightmare. Because I was healthy and I didn't like it. Soggy chips. What's soggy? All, all covered in, oh, it was horrible. Soggy. 
What's soggy chips? Horrible. Grease covered in grease. Horrible. Soggy. What is soggy? Soggy chips. <laughs> oh, soggy so, chips. So like yeah, yeah. Oh, right. soggy. I think it's sog-, sog and chips. I was like, that must be <laughs> some sort of Welsh. Yeah. No, I can relate to May because he's been that way. I, I'm. That's the way it is, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what about being an? So you went to be an apprentice there, or straight pro? Apprentice, uh, and then um, I, I was nearly seventeen, and the manager. Um, got me in his car and said we're going to sign you as a professional that that was amazing how does that, how does that um, feel knowing you're going to be oh uh, well, as you know yourself it's, it's a dream isn't it to be a footballer mm-hmm. and I'm going to get the opportunity and that i still had to do it obviously um, you know week in, week did you out. follow Wrexham as a kid or was uh did you take notice of him or no no never, never no never knew until he came knocking on my door but who did you who was your team, team that you supported did you support a welsh team or an english team um, I liked Devon as a kid and um, obviously Wales and that, you know, um, yeah. went to watch Wales as a kid as well. Um, and, you know, my dream was to play for Wales as well, which so I got the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So how many years were you at Wrexham before Manchester United came calling? Well, I was there for nine years. I could have gone on numerous occasions. I had lots of teams. I had, you know, um, Tottenham wanted to sign me. You know, they made offers and Villa came in for me. Uh, Man City came in, but I didn't know who they were. I'm not sure who they were. So I, I said, who are them? And he said, they'll be playing. I said, no, I'm not bothered with them. And then, uh, no, if you can understand what I'm going to say now, Helen, because I was happy where I was, I, you know, I wasn't confident. You know, I, I haven't told this side of the story, but I couldn't walk into a room on my own. I was petrified. You know, I, I didn't like going in there. I, I, I felt intimidated by it all. You know, I, I was very, very, uh, how can I say scared or such, you know, to walk into a dressing room and that. I was, I was intimidated by it all. I, I didn't like it. And I came over as a confident person, mm-hmm. but I, that was just a, you know, a knack, really. I, sure, I wasn't yeah. confident, but I pretended I was. And I thought, oh, he's cocky. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm petrified. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I got away with it. I got away with it. So when I turned the teams down and then I get a phone call um, on a Monday night from the manager saying, uh, Manchester United made a bit of 350000 for you. Um, you know, we need the money, um, you know, you're going to go. But we were playing Leicester on the Wednesday at Filbert Street. So he said, but you have to play your last game and you'll, you'll go on the Tuesday to get a medical. Just down there, and you've been to a medical, and, and they're looking at me and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Like, you know what I mean? What? I'm so scared, I'm, I'm shaking a little bit, but I don't let them know that, you know what I mean? So agreed with Dave Sexton. Um, I played against Leicester, scored on, on the last game against Leicester. And then what happened is um, I met the manager after Dave Sexton. And this is on my daughter's life, word for word. He sat me down and goes, right, he said, um, you know, I've been at you a long time. He said, you've got a great left foot. He said, my centre forwards, Jimmy Greenough and Joe Jordan, they're going to love the boards you can supply for them. So he said to me, like, he said, what do you want? And I said, what, what do you mean, what do you want? Uh, he goes, uh, money. I said, no, no, I don't want any money. I said, I'm, I'm not interested in money. I just want to be a footballer. And he goes, well, I've never heard that one before. I said, but I'll look after you. <laughs> so I look after you. And, you know, money wasn't in the game. No. So I, it was never in my mind that I want to get this and that. I want to be a footballer. Mm-hmm. And I've got the opportunity now for playing one of the biggest clubs in the world. You know, but I don't know what's coming next, really, because being a shy and, and, and a nervous individual, I've just gone in now into a different environment, which is going to change my life forever. Because even today, when the players come to this ground, you know, some can, you embraced it, I couldn't handle it. So 
I've signed for one of the biggest clubs in the world. I'm on every newspaper. I'm on the TV. Not used to that. So you can understand now my first day in training. I was so nervous walking to that dressing room. I parked down there. I sat in the car for about an hour and 45 minutes. That's how early I was. I thought, I've got to walk in that dressing room. I've got to go in. I'm, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I get the, and Stevie Copper, no, Arthur Alberson comes past me. I recognise him. So I ran up, so I stood by him and we walked into the restroom with Arthur. And then Stevie Copper, because he was my size, I sat next to him like that, you know what I mean? So I sat next to him like, and then we'd gone round, because we were playing Chelsea on the Saturday. On the Friday, we just walked round the, the Old Trafford pitch. So I was walking around the pitch and that, and Dave Second came because you're going to make your debut tomorrow. So I'm thinking, yeah, now we get a first class train which I was never used to. We never got a train with Wrexham. We the thumb to games sometimes. So I'm on the train first class. I'm in a five-star hotel. I'm on the back page, you know, of the, of the papers in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. And I make my debut. And lucky enough, we win the game and I make the goal for Jimmy Green. So I get back on that train and I've gone home and I'm thinking, oh, this is a, diff- this is a different world. Yeah. Oh my God, you know what I mean? 36,000 at Chelsea, whatever it was, I'm thinking... Oh a good God. a good change though, or were you still quite nervous at that oh, stage? Petrified because I haven't made my home debut yeah, which is getting top of the hospital. <laughs> I think I've, I've got that coming to me. So I make me debut. We win the who game. Did, who did you, who did you room with the, the Chelsea game? Did you room with anybody? Yeah, Gary Bailey. How yeah. was that? Uh, hard I feel like everybody rooms with Gary Bailey, or is that <laughs> just <laughs> me? Yeah, hard, hard His for name him comes up I, a lot. I, I was I was awake all night. I, nervous. I, nervous. Yeah. No, I'm sure that was good for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, your first game for Man United, and it, you know, it, 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 it's on TV, whatever, match of the day, and, that, and you, everything goes through your mind, you know what I mean? As you want to get to where you want to get, and I've got there, and I'm thinking, can I handle it? I'm yeah. thinking, maybe not. What was the changing room like? Did people welcome you? Who was the first to speak yeah, to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, Martin Bucking came up to me and introduced me to all the players, Sammy McAvoy, you know, Lou McCarry, and that, uh, Joe Jordan. Gordon McQueen, I looked up at them because they're massive, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I got in, you know, invited into a, a situation where I thought maybe I might not be able to handle it. Did you feel comfortable? Because obviously you, was, you wanted to sign for Manchester United if you weren't good enough. Did you feel conf- confident in your own ability? Or well, yeah, because I'd just left a club where week in, week out, I was like man of the match yeah. and I, I, I knew I had something. I, played, I was playing for Wales as well at the time, so I was doing well, yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, this is a well-documented thing, what happened to me in the end, because, you know, I've got a great story to tell you. I was there just before Christmas, so they bought a new calendar out for Christmas. So manager day second comes and says, uh, Stevie Coppel, Ray Wilkins, Mickey Summers, you have to go down into the town centre to sign a new calendar. Now you might not think that's going to be a problem, but it's going to be for me. So Steve Coppel went to university sitting there and Ray Wilkins. So they come along and there's hundreds of people. And this girl said to Stevie Coppel, uh, Stevie Coppel goes to this girl, oh, what's your name? And she went, Michelle. And he put Michelle, and I thought, I can't spell Michelle. So she comes to me, and she went, I'm not I said, yeah, I put Mickey Tom. She said, you haven't put my name. I knew what her name was. She said, what's your name? And she said, Michelle. I put a big M and a scribble. She went, that's not Michelle. I said, it's in Welsh, now move on. <laughs> 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 so I got away with it. You know, so, so little things like that, you know. And the one thing is my first season, you know, I had, when we, we got to Wembley in 79, it was my first season. So 
you know, that, that was a big thing for me. It was, it was amazing. And I got a telegram off Nobby Styles that, you know, I hadn't met before. He sent me one in the, in the semi-final. Then I got to the Epic Cup final. I got another telegram off Nobby Styles, like, wishing me well. And I thought, why, you, why is he doing that to me? I'm like, why is he sending me, you know? And then I get Dennis Lord, there's an article in the paper that says, if a fan don't know, this is one player that I would have in my team week in, week out, Mickey Summer. I thought, Dennis Lord, he's just saved my life because I was, you know, I wanted people to appreciate what I did because I was a hard-working player. So with them two, you know, giving me that sort of yeah, lift, yeah. you know, Dennis Lord and, and Nobby Star, you, you know, we can't get better than that. So, yeah, and get to the cup final but I couldn't play at Old Trafford you know I've said this before and I'll say it again I had to have a drink on a Friday night because I was that scared of going out on the pitch at Old Trafford I was petrified you know from being a you know a confident player at Wrexham now I'm playing in front of 58,000 where you have to deliver because if you don't deliver then they're, they're going to get on the back they're going to do this and that and there's different level of pressure so I had to have a drink on a Friday not just one bottle maybe two and sometimes it, bottles it, I, of what? Wine. I drink the whole. Two yeah. bottles so of I, wine. So yeah, and yeah, well, my teammate didn't know because I wanted to be relaxed when I got to the ground and that. So you can imagine, you know, when I got there. Did I you re- did your room partner not know this at the time? No, no. How did no, you get around no, that? I, I just drunk it. I drunk it and that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a bad drinker. Mickey, I, where, I bad. Really? where did that? fear come from because obviously you were talented and you oh, worked hard but yeah, yeah. You, I, I, the, the fear comes is it's it's inside you because mm-hmm. you have to go out there and perform yeah you have to go out there and do the business but know? who is it you're is it because you hear of players i remember when i was a kid watching the build-up to um united playing millwall in cardiff in the fa cup final yeah. and ryan giggs talking before the game or after the game saying that he'd had a sleepless night and that was because he was nervous but with excited energy he was looking forward to the occasion so he hadn't slept because yeah. he was nervous but yours sounds like a proper genuine like not not you're not excited you're genuinely scared but is it of letting yourself down of letting the fans down is it you don't like the 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 eye uh, being on you. I, I just I played one game against Liverpool, um, probably the one of the first big games. And I, I couldn't move my legs on the pitch. I was that like lead, lead, nervous. I couldn't. I, I didn't perform. I, I felt intimidated. And you know, Lou McCoy said something. When I played for Wales, I was a different player because I was free. I was relaxing. I was no pressure. You're playing for the biggest club in the world, aren't you? you know, they're, they're, they're huge. Mm. You've been there, mate. You've been in the dressing with players. Everyone's different, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when you cross that white line, people don't know what you're going through. You know, the fans don't really know you. They don't know whether you're, you know, there's something wrong with them. But they, they, they think you're perfect when you're not perfect. You're a human being. I'm a human being. And we all have problems. But we can't tell them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they so don't you had really a drink get, problem. You understand? Yeah, yeah. You, you understand what I mean? It's, it's, it's something that I, you know, because I do a lot of commentary, I've done it for years. I understand sometimes, like Memphis Depay, who came here, he yeah. didn't do it, maybe had the same problem as me, he couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. And in my era, there was no one around to tell. Speak in to my her. era, it was a man's game where it was physical, where they were strong, where if you said something, oh, I, I don't, I'm scared, they would have laughed at you. They would have sort of mm-hmm. out of you. Um, so I had to keep that inside me. You know, and in the end, I had to leave. I bet it was really helpful when people started calling you the Welsh George Best. Well, <laughs> talk about pressure. The things you get people similarities, whatever, and things like that. You, you, that's in the that's the media, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But 
the pressure, you know, with Johnny and that, you know, everyone goes through it. You, maybe you've been in dressing, different dressing like I have. This one here at Old Trafford mm-hmm. is different from another. You play here, every game is a cup final. Everyone that plays might want to beat you. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to beat Manchester United because they are the biggest team. Mm-hmm. And it does come with a lot of baggage you know, for c- c- certain individuals like me. So did you feel, when you left, that that was gone? Did you feel more comfortable playing football? Yeah, yeah. Because wow. I, I didn't have to prove anything. I, I, I didn't, you know what I mean? I, I didn't have to prove it. Mm-hmm. I could just go out and do it. I wasn't intimidated because, you know, 58,000... The whole world's on you, isn't it? You know what I mean? Your fan mail comes up and that. You know, everywhere you go, everywhere you get recognised and that. Your life completely changes, but some people don't really know that. Yeah. You had unbel- yeah, but you played in cup finals. I was in the FA Cup final and stuff. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was the first player up. I was up but Gary Berry's father was up at half five. I was up with him. I was just so excited about the game, but so nervous for the game as well. You know, we, we lost that game in dramatic circumstances yeah. and that. Um, I got, you know, I mean, on Bob Paisley on one channel giving me man of the match and Brian Clough on the other channel giving me man of the match, but it wasn't that. To lose the game in that fashion yeah. seconds ago was devastating. We didn't deserve to lose that. But you scored some unbelievable goals though as well. Yeah, L- so Liverpool and scoring the winner against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I, I had scored the winner in the Undrath Derby. Yeah, I had some great games. There's no question about that. I, I played some good football today. There's no question about that. I played over 115 games in a short period of time. You know, and you know, Dave Saxon had a belief in me. Mm. You know, um, and Jimmy Greenoff was very complimentary to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, when when I played well, I I was good in that. But you know, I played some poor games. So it's I, amazing I, that you, the way you're talking now and the way you're talking. Like, yeah, I had some great games, and but deep down. Every game was so much. There was so much pressure on you. Yeah, and yet, yeah, you know, but, to, yeah, to play the way that you did, I know I, when I, I, I know it. when I didn't perform. I played at Leicester uh, away for, uh, uh, with Manchester United. I came off that game. I knew I didn't perform. I knew I kept on the bus after. You know, I, I'm thinking I haven't done it. I've, I've let myself down, but there's nothing I could do about it. No, I, I, you know, not, you know, we all have. Yeah, but you, you, you can't play brilliant all the time. That's the thing. But it's, it's you, I think it's you then understanding that you're not going to play brilliant every game, but you will have worldies as well where you are man of the yeah, match. Yeah, I mean, I scored some great goals. I mean, the one at Crystal Palace I scored, um, it's 25 yards right in the top corner. Um, it was a great day that way. I, I, scored, I made the first goal for Joe Jordan, scored the second one and won the Grand National in the players' group. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I got, I got a hat trick on that day. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a hat trick. Yeah, so yeah. How uh, how close were you with with your teammates in the dressing room? Because um, I lived in Wales, didn't I? I, yeah. I travelled a lot. Um, was that not quite unique for back then that people would drive that far to training? Um, I was the only one to do it. I think. Yeah. I was. I think the, the, Did yeah. you stay at home because of comfortable? Yeah. I felt that was comfortable, your comfort yeah. zone. Now, now, I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told before, but every day my format was drive to the training ground, get there before everyone else, get my clothes off, get changed, and go and sit in the reserve team dressing room. So I felt comfortable in that environment. environment. So when we finished training, I'd, I'd go and hide in the sauna, Lou Macario come look for me, and I'd wait for everyone to go home, then I'd go in the shower and get nothing. I don't know, I had nothing wrong with me. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I wanted, because I, I was nervous that being that I felt, you know, intimidating in the dressing yeah. room. 
So I, I do that every day, drive there, get there first, get my kit on, go and hide, and train, wait till they go and go and have a shower. Wow. That's how much it affected me. Mm. And people don't understand that about pressure, what it can do to you and how it can affect you. you, know, you and do you think, are you more tuned in to seeing that in the modern game now than most? Because people talk well, about it. everyone to look after the modern game now. They've got people who can identify with yeah. that problem now. In my ear, and I'm obviously a little bit in Davies, that no one, was no one that was never identified about pressure. No. No, one, no one ever came out with it, you know? But are you pleased to see it that, that people are more aware and people are taking steps to try and protect players' mental health? You're married to a footballer. You've been a footballer, and I'm my next footballer. It's how can I just put this? Just, in a I just thought I'd clarify because this is an audio podcast. Obviously, that he pointed at Helen, not me, when he said <laughs> you're married to a footballer, <laughs> and then Maisie when he said you were a footballer. <laughs> just in case anybody wasn't sure who he was talking about. Never been a footballer. Sorry, can I? Can I, can I, can I, was joking. I was joking. Yeah, joking. No, no, I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's um, you know, we're all different, aren't we? You know, as I said, and it, it's something. You're lucky. I'm lucky, and. Obviously, with John, it, yeah. you play for Manchester United. It's a different, different level. I don't think people ever really can understand no. the difference in playing for Manchester United no. until you're in that position. That the pressure that comes with mm. it. So even if you're not a nervous person, you know it can affect you. But for you, if you are a nervous and anxious person, I can imagine that just being. And I, I imagine you're the kind of person that doesn't like being in the spotlight, even though that has been your life for the last what, forty yeah, years. I, but I, I think now in the modern game, they say the game changed. I still think it's eleven v eleven. It's got a, a ball, the same ball. It's not changed much, has it? Um, but scrutinise a player now; mm -hmm. it can destroy you. TV, yeah. you know mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you know you, they can hammer you. Mm. They can, you know, and. I feel sorry for the, the modern game player. You know, I, I have an understanding that it looks so easy. I, I'd become a great football now since I've not been playing. I play well every game now. Yeah. I'm star man. I can't believe it. I, since I've been sad, I've played great for Man United. I've had a bad game. Did you enjoy your time at Manchester United, though, or was it all nerves and anxiety for you? No, obviously, you know, I said before, I played some great games, not where I felt confident in that and good. And, and as I said, the downside was I really didn't enjoy it because I wanted to f feel free and express myself in games, which I didn't on, a, on numerous occasions. We in the dressing room one day, uh, day and the manager goes, uh, right, penalties, Gordon McQueen. Yeah, Mickey Thomas will take him out. <laughs> like, oh my God, I've got the penalty. So I scored against the last in the low way, put in the top corner, great penalty. And then we get one at Old Trafford. Now, this is where a lot of problems came for me because um, people were saying I was diving. Now, this penalty that wasn't a penalty was given, and I didn't go for a penalty, but it gave it. And I was that nervous of taking a penalty in front of this Stratford end. I'm now the penalty taker. Yeah. They don't know I'm petrified. Yeah. I'm that nervous. I get the ball, I put it down, I go bang, back of the net. The referee goes, hang on. We weren't ready. You've got to take it again. I went, oh, no. Oh, no. So I put the ball down and I am thinking, oh, my God, do I go right? Do I go left? Do I go to the same position? And I've gone the same position. I've hit it really well, but he's moved about an hour before. He's waiting there for the ball. So he stops it. That night on match of the day, they absolutely hammered me. They, they said, I'm a cheat. They were doing this. He's diving for the penalty. Jimmy Hill absolutely slaughtered me. But the next day on Granada TV, Ian St. John and Jimmy Greaves said, no, Mickey Tom is not a cheat. He said, that was, no, it might not have been a foul. He didn't go for a foul. But I got labelled then with, with a bad, bad 
Fame that you're cheating that. Yeah. So everywhere I went, it was a nightmare because if you remember, you probably won't, you're all too young, but on match of the day, every week, I was on the, on the front of, of the start of it, winking on match of the day. We were playing Tottenham away. I've gone past one player, believe it or not. I've gone past another and Glenn Hoddle's come towards me. And I just fell over, you know, I fell over. But the referee gave a penalty, a free kick. And Arthur Orbison, the fullback, is coming towards me and I'm on the floor and I wink like that. They had a camera on ground level. <laughs> I've gone back to the hotel that night and I get a phone call from my brother. He said, oh, you've just been on TV winking. I went, oh, I didn't think much about it. Match of the day, they put me on the front every, you know. At the start of the match, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> winking. On the credits, yeah. Oh, yeah Did so you like that? that? I think that sounds quite cool. Yeah, well, I got hammered. Yeah. You know, when I was getting a penalty, I wasn't getting yeah. it, so it went against me. Were you able to talk to anybody I know you say that you weren't able to maybe back then but even your family your brothers were you able to express how you felt to them no I didn't I was embarrassed to tell anyone about my problem I was embarrassed I didn't you know um, and that's why I think now you know the, the modern game they have that person there who's got a problem that, you know and I think I, I had no one and can you imagine me going up to me, I can't handle the press, laughed at me. When you say problem, do you, do you think that it was a level of anxiety that became like almost ill mental health? Well, it never went away every day, had it. Going to training, coming out of training, happy, I've done it. Mm-hmm. Go to the match, the build-up, and that, you know, you... you, 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 you I think you was I an absolute nightmare as a room partner then. <laughs> I was, yeah. I, I, was ha- I mean, you started off with Gary Bailey. Anyone else you, you room with? Uh, Andy Ritchie, yeah. Stitch, yeah. yeah. He used to make me a cup of tea every time, Andy, yeah. Yeah, um, but the big games, the semi-final against Liverpool, I played really well and that, you know, we, we got... We was got, that a different mentality going out against them? Or was uh, you well, still as yeah, nervous I, as... I wanted to beat them. Yeah, of course, yeah, but yeah. Was, it, was it a different mindset you'd set yourself up or...? Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. It, well, it must have been, mustn't it? Because I, I, I did yeah. well in the game against Liverpool. I scored against them as well, yeah. But yeah, as, I, as I said before, the football fan don't know what you're going no, through. You no. think you're normal, don't they? You know, yeah. you, but we all have problems inside us, don't we? What yeah. was your relationship like with Dave Sexton? Dave Sexton was... Well, I felt sorry for Dave because Liverpool were the team that everyone couldn't beat. But we beat them head-to-head. Mm-hmm. We missed out by two points to win the league. We missed out in the cup final with seconds ago. We lost that. I, I felt sorry for him. He was well liked by the players. Yeah. Lou McCoy, I tell you, they loved him. But unfortunately, they said the star wasn't good enough for Manchester United, and that's why he got the sack. But did I, you I like th- him? I loved him. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great guy, a great guy. You know, um, he put a lot of faith in me, and at times I felt I let him down. Mm. You know, in, in certain games. So when was it you decided you you thought you'd be happier away from Manchester United? Um, I made a decision because I, I just thought I need to get away to get back to being happy and that mm-hmm. without the, the, the real pressure of playing. And, you know, as Lou McCoy said, when we're coming back from, when we're flying back from somewhere, I can't remember what it was, said, you know, when you leave Man United, you go down. He, he was right, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because after that, I never got back to that level where, you know, you have that... that Intensity. Thing, pressure, you know? yeah. yeah. Did, was it true that you, you went to speak to Martin Edwards? I went to see Martin Edwards and... Um, he how, me, how long ago did you have on your contract? I had another two years, I think, on the contract. And you went yeah. to see Martin yeah, and Woods? Yeah, and I... 
Well, what it was, um, we broke the rules. Well, three of us broke the rules. Sammy Mackerel, Jimmy Nicholl and me. We, we um, aborted the plane. Instead of getting to, um, to Kuala Lumpur, I got off. And I, I, I didn't, I, I did, I did, I got off the plane. Why were you going to Kuala Lumpur? I, did, I didn't want to go. I just thought I got to get away. So I, I jumped off the plane. Um, I've been away with Wales and I got off the plane and then... Where did you get off the plane? Uh, just before it takes off. You got on the plane at Manchester? Yeah. Yeah, got to London, got, and then got to Heathrow Airport, and then I got my ticket to get on the plane. And I'm playing cards with Joe Jordan and Gordon McQueen. I go, I ain't going. And they go, where what? were you? Where were you going? It was a pre-season tour. No, end of the season. End of the season. End of the season. So I, I said, I'm not going. What, what do you mean not going? I'm going home. Said, no, you're joking. I said, no. He said, you got your ticket. I said, no. Man. I got on a, a plane back to Manchester. They went to Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> and then I got summoned to Old Trafford. Uh, by <laughs> obviously Martin Edwards, um, I sat me down. I said, "Right," he said, um, "Obviously, what you're doing, a lot of people are upset, but we have to find you." Uh, I said, "Yeah, fine," uh, but before you go any further, I said, "I, I want to leave." He goes, "Leave?" I, I said, "Yeah, I want to go." He goes, "Well, no one wants to leave my night." I said, "But I do." I said, "I don't feel happy. I feel intimidated by it all." And he goes, "Do you want more money?" I said, "No, no, I'm, I, I don't want money. I just want to go back to being me." And that, uh, and Ron Atkinson took over. He wanted to keep me, but as he put in his book, I was the funniest man he's met in, in, ever in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he wanted to keep me. He said, you play well against West Brom. We, we, you know, I like you. You know, give it a go. I said, no, I, I, I need to get away. What did your teammates say? Like, why did you not want to go on the trip? Just because you thought, I've had enough? Had enough? I mean, I'd been away with Wales um, and... Uh, and it was, I didn't like flying either. I, mm. I had a massive problem getting on planes, by the way. I, you know, I can admit to it now, but I hate flying. I hated flying. And that was another reason going on the 14-hour flight. I wasn't looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, but I made a stance that I need to go, I think, for, for me and, I know, to, and for the benefit of everyone, really. Did you have a family of your own then? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife, obviously, I'm, 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 I'm his son at the time. Yeah, it was, um, it was hard. It affected, mm. affected everyone, I suppose. But mm. as I said, it, not not many people do that. Do they want to walk out and that? But and it wasn't for money. I wasn't money oriented. I was just a football man. When I just wanted to be. So it was just the pressure, just to get out of it. Yeah, just want to enjoy myself and that. Yeah. And did you feel better once you'd had that conversation with him? Yeah, I thought it's better. Yeah, yeah. So he, he made it. I said, whoever takes over. I said, can you inform him that I, I'd like to leave? And he said, OK. And, and it was Ron Atkinson a week later, I think it was. What was the conversation with Big Ron? Well, uh, it's hard, because he was on the sunbed. I said, Ron, I said, um, I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Ron, I need to go. He was on the sunbed. I said, I need to go, Ron. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like Ron. He's a great guy and that. And, you know, as he, he put me in his book about being the funniest man he's ever met in 10 minutes. But, yeah, I think he, he understood my understood. problem. Understood. Yeah. Did you have um, a lot of time to select where you went? Did you get much choice? Oh, I had a lot of teams after mm -hmm. me, yeah. Um, I went to Everton, but that didn't work out after I had a, I had a bit of an argument with the manager. It was, it was my three, own fault. Though. Three months? I, I played 13 games out of 13, yeah. And you're, then you refused uh, to play in the reses? Yeah, I was wrong, but I, what, what happened is that um, I got injured mm -hmm. in a game. I thought I was going to be out for a long time. So I sitting to the bench, I sat down, and he goes to the pub and says, I think, my thigh muscle said, I think I'm going to be out for a long, long time. So cut long story short, um, I played Miller on the Wednesday, Man City on the Saturday. So I missed the Wednesday game, and I said that I with Kendall on the Friday, I can play tomorrow against City. He goes, oh, no, you're not playing. 
I said, pardon? He goes, no, you're not playing. Said, I want you for Liverpool the week after in the derby. Make sure you're fit for that. I said, no, no, you're not getting what I'm saying. I said, I'm going to play tomorrow. Big argument, we've had a massive argument in his office, me and him. And he goes, right, he said, you can play in the reserves tomorrow at Newcastle instead. I said, hey, I ain't playing for no reserves. Now, yeah. I was wrong for what I was going to do. How old was you then? 26. 26? Yeah, 27, yeah. So I said to him, no, I ain't going to play. And he goes, well, you will. I said, no, I won't. I never turned up. So on the Monday, he called me in the office. Was you right, flying up there? Hey? Was you flying? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, I wasn't flying, no. But that's what happened. He said to me, um, um, I'm going to find you two weeks' wages, he said. But you're going to play against Liverpool on the Saturday. Then a day later, he goes, I've changed my mind, I'm going to sell you. He had to sell me, because what I did, I broke the rules. But... I believe what I did was right. So as I'm in the, in the sauna after we call Narby, the assistant manager, yeah. he sits by me and goes, you know what, Mickey, he said, I admire you. He said, you admire me? He goes, yeah, he said, what you're doing is wrong, but you believe it's right and you stick to your principles and that's why I like you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the last I've seen him because I, was, <laughs> I got on a private jet then to, uh, to, to bite them. They put him in a private jet that day. They bite him, no Valvian. And so I within three months, you had been at Man United, then to Everton, and then to Brighton, all within three months? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, within that, yeah. And, you know, I didn't want to sign for Brighton, but they got me drunk and I signed. I didn't realise I signed until the next morning. Um, you know, I, what? I, I, Wait, you didn't know you'd signed for them? Well, it was a long night. They was you having a drink with Howard? They said, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. I said, no, no, I don't want to, I want to go back home. I want to go back home. I'm not going. Anyway, about 10 o'clock at night, I'm walking past... Uh, for a week, went to the toilet to go to the toilet, and they had a big TV screen. And on that TV screen in the midweek, it's got my picture. Nicky Thomas signed for Brighton for half a million pounds. I thought <laughs> I haven't signed, but four and a half bottles of wine later, I did sign. And he was in bed. <laughs> I woke up in the morning thinking, What have I done? Not much. He signed for Brighton. And I went in the next day, I went into my bed. I said, I've done the wrong thing. I actually told him before I kicked the ball, What do you mean? He said, The paper, you're in the. No, you signed, you're going to play. I played when 20 You games. actually signed, physically signed a contract yeah, and you yeah. can't remember signing it? No, no. Who were you with? Um, I was with my, my, my wife at the time. Oh, I was Because I was else? thinking, I bet she was excited to hear the news that you'd signed a contract you remember signing, but I guess she no, was... I, I didn't even know I signed it. She I, was at the I party as well, know. so it's fine. I woke up one morning and I thought, oh my God, what have I done? Because you signed it. So I went to the, the ground and told him what I've done. I said, um, I've done the wrong thing. He said, oh, no, he said, you signed off a million pounds. And I'll never forget the little guy's secretary said, give him time to think about it. Give him time. I played 20 oh. games. Mate, he's dying. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, th was there a witness? Did anyone ever convince you that you did sign? Uh, the wine cellar. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, you know, it, it, that's the way they worked in those days. Mm -hmm. That's how they were up here. You know, they had a rich chairman. No, we'll do this, we'll buy that for you. I just bought a house in Liverpool. He said, well, I'll buy that for you, don't worry about that. And then we'll get rid of that. And I said, I've got a car, you can have the car from Everton, whatever. But I didn't want to sign, I kept saying, no, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, we'll give you that. And it came up to a lot of money, and I mm -hmm. wasn't bothered about the money. I said, no. <laughs> and then well, yeah, I signed. And then next day, I went, I said, I've done the wrong thing. He goes, no, you're joking. He said, everyone knows that all the TV is, you signed. Yeah. I paid 20 games for them. Was it, did one you enjoy goal it? hit me on the head by accident when they were back of the net. <laughs> I caused him, I caused him absolute nightmare. I didn't realise Brighton was that far. <laughs> Where did you think it was? Well, then I thought it was New Brighton down the road from Liverpool. <laughs> so I signed there, you know, I couldn't believe it. And, and it I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put me on a private jet, didn't they? So they flew me down, you know, a little, little private jet. 
And I didn't realise how far. It took me seven hours to drive there from, from home. But that was a lot every day to drive. And so you didn't move what? there? You just hit, drove back and forth every day? Or did you move <laughs> there? No, he's joking. You moved there? I moved, they bought me yeah. out, they gave me a house now. commute to Brighton. Yeah, give me a house now, but it, it was horrific. And I never felt guilty for the first mm-hmm. time because I told them I didn't want to sign, but they yeah. forced me to sign it. Yeah. Was this in January transfer window or the summer? I, I, I'm not sure what month it was. It didn't matter, I wasn't going to <laughs> I didn't I just, just signed. I can't remember where it was. I can't remember. So, th- so you 20 games there. Where did you go next? Um, <laughs> We've got a long list. Yeah, yeah, yeah long list. I, I went to um, Stoke, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stoke next. Yeah, I had a great time at Stoke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I player of the year. Player of the year. Yeah, one player of the year. 1983. Yeah. Yes, I double figures in goal. I really enjoyed it there. I really did. I enjoyed it there. I felt free, felt happy. And then um, what follows me, it normally does after 18 months. I, I, I'm on my way again and I get transferred again. Yeah, and you went to Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, so why did time. that transfer happen? Um, the, the manager Do you remember a, it? Yeah, I remember that one, yeah. yeah I remember that one. <laughs> did yeah, you agree to that one? <laughs> but the only problem with that is that when I said to the manager, I'll sign for Chelsea. Who was the manager? Long as, long as I, John Neal, former manager. As long as I can travel from Wales. Mm-hmm. To I Chelsea? Should, I drive from Wales every day. To Chelsea? Yeah, to London. How far was that? About three and a half hours every day. <laughs> and then I train at half ten, get in the car half twelve, and drive back home. Wow! Every day, and on a Friday I stayed at, I stayed at the ground because I didn't have any money yeah. to pay for the hotel. So I stayed in. And I used to yeah, sleep. I heard. I, I I saw this. So you used to sleep at Stamford yeah, Bridge. Yeah, because in those days the money in London was expensive. We couldn't afford. We couldn't afford to stay anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in the referee's room on a Friday night. We used to sometimes the referee used to come Did in the morning. We go out. Thanks, we're going out. Seriously, this is a true story. This is not, this is not lie. I, I sleep on what? Up. Hang on, what did you sleep on? Oh, there was a bench there and that, yeah. Okay, we got, on what bench? In the referee's yeah, room. The physio's bench. Yeah, in the bench. Yeah, yeah, sleep on that. We, we, we got looked after. Don't worry about that. We, we got looked after. Well, Who's we? Who did you stay with? Um, well, different, different people. Who? <laughs> 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 Joey Jones used to stay there yeah. on, on a Friday. Yeah, Joey used to stay on a Friday. Um, on, 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 sometimes on, well, that, on a few occasions, the referee would come in, we were just getting out of the room. Yeah. Seriously, you yeah, sleep seriously, in the, no, in the referee's room? Yeah, we couldn't afford to live in London, it was expensive. Yeah. I mean, this is probably not... you were not spending all your money on petrol? Must have been costing you an <laughs> yeah, absolute well, fortune well, to drive it every day. home for a few hours, you better than being in London, as you can imagine. Mm. You know, we, 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 like, we like the home, you know what I mean? So, so you enjoyed travel down every yeah, day? Yeah, I used to pick him up. Uh, I used to leave my home at half five every morning, and then i pick him up about half six, and we used to drive, get to London, half ten train, Finish at 12, 30, 12 o'clock, get back in the car, be home for four o'clock. This is not the most obvious question. Did you ever just like go for a kickabout in the middle of the night at Stamford yeah, Bridge? Yeah, I did that a few times, yeah. Not yeah. on my own, though. No, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I had a bit of fun in that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ground used to like me, so he used to give me the key and that's so get yeah. in and out and that. I got on well with him. Do you think anybody else has ever done that? What's that? No. Well, because it's like a pro- like Chelsea. We, yeah, we have to accept Chelsea are a big don't European forget, club now. Don't forget, we, the, the game has changed unbelievable. Where it's very like regimental. Mm-hmm. In our day, you know, do what you want. Yeah, you know, what I mean, as long as you fit and that for Saturday. And I could get away with it because I was fit. I could run all day. No matter if I was out all night, I could run all day. So it never affected me ever. It was in we were, we were in the hotel one night, and uh, I was having an issue with the newspaper. This is a great story. I'm having an interview. Anyway, I see outside, there's, I'm, I mean, literally a thousand people outside and like cameras and that. And I'm getting an interview with this guy. And I go, what's that there? I said, I'll go and have a look. 
George Michael and um, Andrew Ridley, one party. So I go outside and this guy goes to me, are you Mickey Thomas? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, I can't believe that. I said, why aren't you in the party? I went, well, I don't know, I'm not invited. He goes, well, I'm George Michael's chauffeur. Go round the back, he said. He's coming out in five minutes. And I'll, I'll ask him, can he like to we watched, he watched Chelsea a couple of times. So I'm round there, standing there with Joey Jones. And George Michael pings down his window. And he goes, hi, Mickey. I go, yeah. He goes, do you want to go to the park? I go, yeah. I said, yeah, go in, you're fine. So we've gone in this park. We're playing West Ham the next day, by the way. So I've gone in there. So <laughs> I, I come out there about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I've got to go. all, these, all these CDs about George Michael and Andrew Ridley. So we get to the ground at, at Stamford Bridge for the game against West Ham. One o'clock, and the manager goes, uh, Can I have a word with you? I go, Yeah, because uh, you were out last night, weren't you? I said, Yeah, I was. Yeah, I said, We don't need to admit to it. I said, Yeah, I said, I said George Michael and Andrew Ridley Pie. He goes, Yeah, I said, You haven't got any CDs on me. <laughs> <laughs> so I give him the CD, and he never taught you about buying me nothing. Oh, thank you, I didn't listen to my kids. And that. And got away with it. Oh, oh, Did you yeah. stay in Sanford Bridge that night? Yeah, we played West Ham next day, yeah. We won. Yeah. So you went to see George Michael in concert and yeah. then... No, no, he was having his party, so I went to Oh, he was having party. a party, sorry. Yeah, he was having his party, yeah. So everyone was there, Paul, all, this, all these famous people like Rolling Stones, everyone was in there. And uh, so um, me and Joe were there and we got in a few drinks and that. And then the guy goes, yeah, the limousine outside, yeah. I said, yeah, we'll take that one. So me and Joe went back to the ground, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so three o'clock in the morning. What was the party for? Was it his birthday? Uh, no, they made it something, they made a new album. It was, it was a massive thing. They made it bigger, so my mum made it bigger than that, yeah. Yeah. I love that you, George Michael's had a party, and your thought is, what's the occasion, as opposed to just, pop star wants to have a party? Yeah. <laughs> I just think this is such a crazy story. Yeah. Was what was your favourite George Michael song? Did you like George Michael? Well, I, well, I, I met, I seen him before, but never really met him. But he, we uh, wind down the window. He was brilliant with me. He goes, "Yeah, Mickey, what goes, yeah, yeah, go in, take him in." They had loads of people around his car, you know, security guards. You go back, take him. And he had someone in the back with a blonde girl from some of the band. I thought he was, I don't know who it was, but I, can't, but I remember that, that vividly. Oh, yeah, I don't want this he, podcast to end. So he gone in, and I mean, the, like the biggest party in London, and we're in it. And then we got West Ham next day. I'm going, oh, great, this is it. How did you, you get on? Yeah. <laughs> we win. We, yeah. Beat, we beat West Ham, yeah. During, uh, during the Everton, Stoke, Chelsea, Brighton uh, years. West yeah. Brom. West Brom. Did you feel any of that anxiety at all that you'd felt playing for United? No. Or did you really, did no. you just enjoy it so much more? No, United made me stronger. So mm-hmm. I, I thought I can't play, you know, in that sort of level again mm-hmm. where you know where, where it's intense and that where you know you probably I might have put in my mind that I might have been thinking about it the wrong way but no but I mean what was it like did you come back to Old Trafford then and play her yeah and what was that like I come back and score for Chelsea <laughs> nervous yeah I was as actually. you was when you yeah I was yeah because coming back and that you know and you know you have regrets in life we all have regrets in life my regret was leaving my United yeah. and my regret was that there was no one there I could confine in or be strong enough to say help me I need help you know and get me through that you know but the game changed I've been probably looked after now I mean, today's modern game where did you feel most at home playing football Playing for Wales, funny enough, mm-hmm. I played some great games for Wales, and I really enjoyed playing for Wales all over. And, and, and I got some great recognition, believe it or not. I got, you know, the um, Spanish manager, the, the German manager, the Brazil manager said, if I take one player, he said, I'll not number 10. He said, he's got a magical left foot. You know, after the game, you know, you hear people saying like that, like, gives you a big boost in mm-hmm. that, doesn't it? And yeah. playing against different teams, West Germany, and that, you know, the, my first game was against 
the world champion Germany finished Beckenbauer the best player in the world and that beauty books right back in there you know so to get that recognition is, is brilliant how many caps did you finish well, I had up 51 with? but I never turned up for a lot because I get to the airport and turn around and I'm not going because I didn't like flying so I could have had a lot, I'd about 100 caps if I turned up, but I get the airport. But then when I was doing that, I was getting bad publicity. So oh, he's on the drink again, he's doing this and that. But it wasn't, I was petrified of flying, but I didn't mind that. Because if I said, oh, I'm scared of flying, everyone started laughing. But when Bergham came out about yeah. not yeah, flying, yeah, yeah. then it made me more confident to say, yeah, I, I didn't like flying. So I love it now, but at the time I didn't like it. You do like flying now? I love flying now, yeah, love it. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love flying now. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, I've gone through. I, I watch everything on TV and that about planes and everything. I, I know everything about it now. What was your um, What was your two stints in America like? I enjoyed America, but um, unfortunately, um, I kept getting sent off again because I was. I like to be aggressive, and you couldn't touch anyone. You get. Mm-hmm. I, I kept getting sent off and that, and it came to the. Uh, we had played in the semi Where was you based in America? Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. In where? Wichita, Kansas. No. I loved it, I loved it, but then I get getting sent off and that, and then we're in the semi-final, we get knocked out, and then Charlie Cook, the man who used to play for Charlie, came in and goes, you got sent off again, and I didn't realise what I said, I said, yeah, but in the real game, I wouldn't have got sent off, and these Americans going, what does he mean, a real game? Because yeah. you couldn't touch anyone, mm. but now they brought that game over here where you can't touch anyone when you play in the, in the modern game. Mm. The physicality's gone out of it. Which, which, for me, is not the same. Obviously, you have said that you were someone who was very fit, throughout your career so did you think you could keep going on and on usually people retire you know mid-30s yeah, late I mean, 30s sometimes but for you did you think I can keep going I'm so fit I could I, I could I mean obviously I've just had a serious operation but before that I could, could run a marathon no problem you know I'd go up Snowden every day I could do that I used to do that a lot and I just think I had that quality to you know to keep as I am, I know, I, I, I'm not a big um, uh, eater. I don't, eat, I don't eat rubbish. Um, I, I, I condition myself now. Cause, you know, you have to stop drinking. When did you stop drinking? Um, it was um, Wales were playing, and I was out with someone famous that obviously is not with us no more. And I drove at home the next day, and uh, and I shouldn't have drove really, and and I lost my phone before I even got in the car. And I, and I drove home, I got stopped by the police and um, they knew who I was. And they said, um, where are you going? Because I said, oh, I'm going home. And they said, oh yeah. Said, All right, he said, um, you're, just, you're doing 90 mile an hour uh, in the 50. <laughs> he said, uh, you broke the rules. Um, so um, you better get a good lawyer. So I said, yeah, okay. So I got out of the car. He said, you better come back to the car. I said, why? He said, uh, look at your ticket. He said, uh, it's, just, it's not a speeding ticket, it's a producer. This guy is a big fan of yours, he said, to get yourself home. And from that day, 15 years ago, or 16 years ago, I've never set a drop. So you, obviously you got away with the drink drive? Yeah. Well, but but I was, it was the next morning, but I would, I'm not well, sure what that was. Was, it, was it because of that? Or just because... No, I, that gave me a lot of uh, wake-up call. You, yeah. 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 Do, you think, do you think you had a problem with drinking, or do you think you just enjoyed no, it No, no, there was always a bottle available for me. I never, never struggled to get a bottle. No, it, it's just a comfort, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, to, to come out and tell you and that, it make you think I'm a weak person. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't weak. I, I just wanted to get to what I loved mm-hmm. in the game, mm-hmm. not to play a football, get football with. I wanted to get to it all the car. 
don't think anybody listening to this would ever think that you were weak. Not from a single story you've told. No, well, we're all different, Maisie, aren't we? And, you know, you're in the dressing room, everyone's different, aren't we? Mm -hmm. You've got to get, you know, the, the, the tough men, you know, the ones that are loud, the ones that are quiet. You know, it's, it's a very unique thing, you know, being that I love, I miss the dressing room mm. probably oh, good as job. well. Yeah. You know, because you were very uh, vocal, weren't you? Not, I miss that. I think people, I just, you know, just because I think it's interesting because you just said you think people might think that you're weak, but I think it would take a lot more courage to share these stories and to admit to them than... Well, I, want, I, want, I wanted to help people. That's yeah. why it came out. And I wanted to help people because I wanted the football fan to understand that we're all human. We're all, you know, you, know, you get abused and that, you know, they praise you, that's great. But they don't know what damage sometimes they can do mm -hmm. to a player. They can destroy them. Mm. With social media now today, you know, it, it's so powerful. But, you know, in my era, it was just the same, but not to this level mm -hmm. where they could destroy you. And that's what upsets me that, you know, you, you have a family, you've got your mum, you've got your father, you've got your brothers, and that. They hear all that bad stuff and that, you know, it, it's, it's not nice. So when I say about going across that, when you get past the white line, you get on that pitch and that, people don't know what you're going through. Mm. They don't know what's in your mind. They don't know what you've gone through the night before. You're having problems at home. They just think you're a machine that's got to work 24-7. Mm -hmm. But that machine can be broken without them knowing it. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Very true. That is very, very true. Did you enjoy your football career? Yeah. 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 I can write my own name now. I'm happy about that. And... Yeah, I've, I've had a great career in terms of, you know, for, for being what I did and causing one or two problems, which I didn't really want, I always, wanted, always had someone that wanted to sign me. I signed for Leeds in 1990. I signed for Leeds United in 1990. I, got, I played the last game for Shrewsbury. Um, and the assistant man said to me, can you give us a ring at Ellen Road on, on Monday? I thought, I'm 36 and he goes, yeah, okay. So I rung the ground. And the assistant manager answered the phone and goes, hang on, i get the manager. And the, the manager's name was obviously a very top manager who hated me for some reason. I don't know why he hated me, but he hated me. So what happened was, when that phone rang and I thought, he answered it, I thought, why does he want me? Why does he want me, I thought. So I said, um, he goes, do you want to play for a Leeds United? I, 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 my exact words, well, I can't say it on the air, obviously. You say what you want. Eh? You say what you want. Yeah, well, I said that you can off. I said, I'm not signing for you. You slaughtered me. He said, no, I've admired you as a player. He said, I know. I spoke to people from Man United about you, he said. You're Who's not, the manager? You're not a problem on the pitch. He said, which when you're off, you're the problem. He said, I'm not bothered. He said, as long as you do the business on the pitch for me, you know, so. He was a manager, Mac. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find it, Task. He's the most famous manager. Hair goes back there. Come on. No, no, it's because um, yeah, um, they, they would argue. On, they would argue on telly. The only, the only name I can think of is Howard Shuffle Wilkinson. Wednesday I know it's wrong. Wilkinson. Oh, oh there we go. I was thinking that it's the only name that was in my head, but I was yeah. sure it was wrong. <laughs> Howard Wilkinson. Right, right. Yeah. So delete all that task. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not that good content. That was a good game. Yeah. 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 I thought you knew them. No, you didn't. No, so, so, play against his teams. Yeah, I played against Howard Wilkinson's teams a few times. Yeah. So what was it he didn't? You just he signed me. Um, he, he obviously, um, I made my debut for Chelsea against Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. I scored two goals. I had all the headlines in the paper the next day, but he did an article saying, oh, he's a great player until he gets fed up with a manager. 
And so I kept that on board. So every time I played Sheffield Wednesday, I either scored yeah. against them or we beat them. We never, they never beat me, uh, our team. So when I got that opportunity to speak to him, he said, would you like to play for Leeds United? And I went, no, you can F off. I said, you've slaughtered me. He said, no, I admire you. I've had you watched all year. Since you've come back from America, I've, I've watched you every game. I've sent someone, said, you, you're fit as anything. Come and sign for Leeds. And I signed for Leeds United. I've wow. been Jones. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. But uh, what was that like? Because you played three, three I games. I, I, I must have played, I, 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 played against you then, Mick. I, I must have played against you. Yeah, I, I did near the 93. end of my career. I played for Shubin Town at Blackburn Rovers. This is 90, this is 89-90. Yeah. Yeah. You don't recognise me, you only see my back. <laughs> <laughs> you're the first, you're, you're the first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I, as Helen said there, I mean, I, I've enjoyed my career, there's no question about that, I've been lucky enough. But did I'm, you enjoy it at the time, or has it only been since you've yeah, retired? I think we all understand, you know, as you get older, you know, you think back, I should have done this, and I think that many, many times, you know, I wish I could have stayed at Man United, I wish I never left, but it's gone, isn't it? You know, no regrets, though. Is that, I mean, all right, you've said your regret was leaving United, but you left because yeah. of the pressures. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But you started an unbelievable career. I mean, you, you finished off full circle, going back to Wrexham. Yeah, I've obviously finished on that high, didn't I? I mean, we beat Arsenal in 92, uh, FA Cup, the biggest FA Cup shock, without doubt. Not going to score the goal, but because of the victory. And yeah. They were 1-0 up with 45 minutes to go, and we beat them, yeah. That, that for me was amazing. And then the following year, you then you're playing for Her Majesty's Prisons. Yeah, I, I, I only played home games there, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What uh, was that like? Yeah, never lost away game <laughs> playing for the prison team. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Obviously, you've um, counterfeit money and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a stupid thing, really. Um, well, I paid the ultimate price, yeah. you know, um, and that's, for me, was the most devastating Did you do that thing. because... You, because no, I just you, knew someone for a short period of time. Like you get, you know, when you meet people, you go along the way. I only know him about three months, and it was like a stupid thing. I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. And then did you not realize they make, that? They make it? They make it so big. Yeah, yeah. Do you not realize when the notes came out and instead no, of no, the no, Queen's had your head? It was nothing. Five hundred pound. This guy had five hundred pound. That's all it was. Five, it, but it said in the newspapers, Mickey Thomas had £250,000 in his garage. I didn't even have a garage. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, so, you know, we had... What was it like doing, doing, doing time then? Um, Hang on, should we explain this situation if anybody at home doesn't know? All right, go <laughs> Just saying people might not know. So you got involved with counterfeit money. You were actually printing it, is that correct? No, 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 no. I don't want to no, like... No, 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 nothing. No, no. <laughs> right, Honestly, you tell the story, you tell the story. There's nothing. The, the, guy had, the guy I met from Liverpool about three months, met him through a family member, and that was it. And it, it made it look like it was like uh, Enterprise and that. I thought, what are you on about? I've only so was he, what, what was he making counterfeit money? No, I don't know where he got it from. I, I wouldn't but want to say, So he was accessing, in, in, he was accessing counterfeited notes and giving them to you... And you were then spending no, no never, more. No, I, I said at the time I said you can fingerprint any money. Mm-hmm. At that you can. I said to the police, you fingerprint any of that money, you will not get my. And I mm-hmm. knew I hadn't touched it. Yeah. That day he gave that money out. I had no way of him knowing that he'd done it until after. And I said to the police, you fingerprint that. I, I won't be. I knew I wasn't on it. So, so how did you end up getting getting time then? Um, on association. Right. Yeah. Okay. Never been in trouble in my life before. Right. And um, yeah. So what was that like? Yeah, for somebody who has been scared going into changing rooms, what was it like going into prison? Were you terrified? Well, 
that, that, that another thing that made me even more. Where, um, where was your, uh, where was your base? <laughs> so I think yeah. couldn't commute this time. Strange ways. No, I, was, I was in. I went to Walton Prison initially, right? Um, which was quite scary, really, because I played for Man United and going to Liverpool jail um, was quite intimidating. Yeah, but I, I, I got into that jail, and there's like a holding pen of 200 prisoners being convicted. Yeah. And uh, there's one big guy kicking the trays around and that. So I thought, I'm going to keep away from him in case he wants to beat me up or something. So we get my, my luxury bedding for the night and there's 10 people. And that guy is behind me, the monster, like six foot yeah. four from Burnley, apparently, in for violence. He tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, you that football? I went, yeah. He goes, if anyone touches you, said, I'll kill him. So oh, I don't imagine I'm in jail going, wow, man, yeah. Come on over here, man. Yeah, 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 look after me. So I got looked after and that, yeah. But and did you play for the prison team? Um, yeah, I always oh, want to be inside. I always want to be an inside forward, so I got the opportunity <laughs> when I played in the prison team. <laughs> How long did you actually serve? Uh, eight, um, nine months. Nine. It's months. a long time, isn't now, it? Yeah. I was home more than I was in. I was just going to say, what was the story about? Uh, well, what happened was uh, when I went from one jail to another, the guy was an Everton fan, the governor. Yeah. So he said, "I'm a big Everton fan." He said, "You couldn't get me a signed shirt," so I did. So. A fortnight later, or just before that, I was walking around the, was walking around the uh, Primitive Defence, big barbed wires, obviously, uh, and, and I was in a lighter unit. Um, the guard goes, um, did you give a shirt to the governor? I went, yeah. He goes, well, he's broke the rules. I said, what do you mean? He goes, do you want to go home? He said, you can go home and tell him. I said, well, you've been about a month. He goes, makes no difference. So next morning, I knocked on his door. I said, uh, I need to go home. He goes, oh, no chance. You've only been here a month. I went, well, I give you that top. And I went, oh, okay, how long do you want to go home for? So I, I went home for four, uh, three days three days and three days and I came back the third time and this is word for word I get in and he goes are you okay I said no my sister's just had to drive me here from Wales she's got to drive all the way back home on her own and he came out and goes have you got a car I go yeah he goes the next time you go and bring your car you can park in my car box mate I've got my own car in jail in maximum secure jail wow yeah yeah it wasn't bad <laughs> it wasn't bad <laughs> so, could, so 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 you've gone home you brought your car back yeah Parked in the car Parked park. Parked it in the, yeah, in the... Yeah. car park, yeah. Yeah. And then how often did you go home after that? I was home quite a lot then. Yeah. On the... On I, was the... Home, I was home for about 20 days out of every month. Yeah. For yeah. A... What, back and forth each day? Oh, yeah, I had my own car. I was, yeah, I was and then, what about your prison cell? What was he saying? Oh, he's you, your mate. He's your mate. He didn't pay for, he didn't pay for anyone else. <laughs> he didn't pay for my night. Yeah. What, what jail was this in? So you were in Walton. What, what jail are you talking Foss about now? I in Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Um, I went to Sudbury first, but then because I was in the news of the world with champagne, I've been drinking jail. They didn't like it. They moved me to another jail. Um, cause of causing Is that a true problem. story? Yeah. You were in prison with a bottle of champagne? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's I, so I got... much to unpack here. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than the actual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what, what I did... So I, you, I, you I, used to drive home, that was it? I used to drive home and that, yeah. And was there a specific time you had to be back for? Opening time or...? No, i I go home for three or four days at a time. And so you wouldn't, go, you wouldn't <laughs> go home and then get back to spend the night? You'd just go home for a few days? Yeah, I, I was home for about 20 days out of every month. And would you check in? So would you go like, I'm going to go home on Tuesday? Yeah, they'd check me in. They, they wouldn't search me. They'd check me in. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, did you, did you give notice that you were going to leave the prison for a few days? Or would you just do it yeah, on your own? Yeah, they knew, they knew I was going home, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they let you out at a certain time to get used mm -hmm. to going home and that as well. So yeah, that helped me. I bet it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, as I said, I wanted to go out with a bang and force it was a cell door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah. 
Mate. Well, that's a story. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're, all, we're all human. We all make mistakes, don't we? Not yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. How do, you, uh, how do you reflect on that time? Because presumably, I mean, I, I've never been to jail, but I, yeah. I imagine it's, um, it's a different... It's a different experience. Did it? Did it change you? Did you? I well, mean, it, doesn't, it sounds like it was a laugh. I've been to jail. I give you this twenty pound. Mickey has just handed me twenty pounds. I haven't touched it, just in case this ever ends up it anywhere. Does not have your DNA. Yeah, I haven't it. touched it. Yeah. So it's got Mickey's head on it. That's it. Seriously, I will take it. Yeah. Uh, no, did it? Did it? Did it change your your mindset or anything, or was it? I mean, it sounds like it was all right. It, I, it was scary at times. Mm-hmm. Of course it was, yeah, because, you know, some of them are violent in there. You see lots of fights in there, yeah. people getting intimidated, people getting beaten up and that, but I always had some big guys with me. Mm-hmm. always had pe- people around me that wanted to look after me. You know, when I went to Sudbury, um, I got there, this guy, I can't remember his name, but the big guy, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm a chef, he said, I'll bring your breakfast in bed every morning, you don't have to come and queue and that. And, and another guy, he's a big guy, big muscle and that. They looked after me, so I never, I never had one bit of trouble in jail, not one bit. Oh, you sound like you had a great time, breakfast <laughs> in bed. Sort of like, like oh, Max and Paddy, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've got to look after yourself. I didn't think I deserved to go to jail, but that's another You've got story. a meathead. You've yeah. got a meathead. Yeah. Go and get in your breakfast yeah, every yeah. morning to yourself. Myself, yeah. Amazing. Us big, oh, strong guys are not called meatheads. By the way, these, these were big guys. I bet they were. They were big guys. No one could go anywhere near. Do you think it was beneficial to you being the size you are? Because like, if you'd, if you'd been a bigger guy, people might have thought maybe you know you were an intimidating figure yourself, so they might have... Yeah, um, I just kind of played mm. football. Play I think yeah. I got that sort of thing, you know, respect. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I played for everyone, didn't I? They'd have never caught you. You'd have been running around that cell all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> around the balconies. Yeah. What was life like for you when you got out? Was it difficult? Well, obviously Very not. Very difficult. Di- I yeah. struggled badly. I had no money. I've never been, as I said, money on side, but I had nothing. I had, um, and this is not, I'm not ashamed to say, it. I had to, at times, I ripped my furniture up to find 20p or 30p. If I found a pound, I was happy. You know what I mean? This is, this is all my, on my daughter's life. I had nothing. I used to sit in my back garden. I used to go back to, I lived in the Mum's council house. And I sit in the back garden and I watch the, you know, the, the, the plane flying over and I think, oh my God, what's happened to me? And then I made three phone calls. One to Graham Sooners, one to Glenn Hoddle, the England manager, and one to Peter Reid. Because this guy that came to my house said, you need to get up your feet, you need to you know, use your name and that. So I phoned Graham Sooners. He phoned me back and I said to him, I didn't think you were going to phone me back because I used to have one or two runnings with him. So I respect you as a player, so you've been a great player. He said, whatever you want. And I, he was at Southampton as a manager. So he sent me a mat, this is his shirt, so I could auction. And I phoned Glenn Hoddle. I didn't have any money for a phone, a phone for my sisters. He left a message on my sister's phone. Hi, Mick, it's Glenn Hoddle here. Give me a call, you know, whatever you need, give me a call. And I phoned him back and that. And he got me an England signed shirt and that. And then I phoned Peter Reid. And that was the one that really inspired me because he said, um, you, he said, have been a top player for me. He said, I respect you, he said. You use your name, he said. You do what you got to do, he said. You deserve to get back in the game. He said, I've played against you, I've seen you, what you do. He said, I know what you're like as an individual. He said, I know what you like. He said, you get back in that. And anything you want. And he helped me. Amazing. Amazing. Brilliant. Amazing. And then I got back, on, I got back, in, got back into it then and... Um, I, had a, I had a testimony at Wrexham got Vinnie Jones to come down Rushy came down for me uh, David Batten and a few others came down yeah, so yeah got back mm-hmm. on my feet but I, I had nothing I had mean nothing I had no phone I had no car I had, had no finish left because I ripped it all up trying to find some money <laughs> 
Yeah. I suppose being in jail gave you a lot of thinking time as well. What What did you think you wanted to do with with your life? Did you have any other aspirations after football? Well, when I left that jail at 5.30 in the morning, because obviously the newspapers were outside waiting to get mm. a picture, I had to leave at half five. And that's why I had my car, that was good. Um, I drove home and, and I had them chasing me, the newspapers and the TV. Then I thought I'd do one interview uh, with the Daily Post. So that took them all away from me, so I, I could have a bit of peace in that. But I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, as I said, I, I, I could do nothing, only play football, so... It, it was a long six or seven months I, thought I had nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'm all right. What a journey. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm still on the journey. And now you're still, you're still working for the club and you're still... Yeah, I mean, respect you get. You know, listen, we all make mistakes, obviously. My mistake was I put my own face in the £10 notes. That's another story. But <laughs> 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 no, but on a serious note, we all... You know, we're all... As, as I, I've been emphasised, I've been saying right to this interview... You know, we're all human, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We all make mistakes, yeah. some bigger than others. You know, when I paid the ultimate price, you know, I, I lost my mother with cancer while I was there, and then I, and my 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 son, Aaron and Jade, that affected them. So, you know, that was a lot of damage I did. You know, and I think about that a lot. You know, and it, it, it's not good. To, you know, when I when I get in that situation where I think about that, about my mum and that, my mum was, you know, I got made out to be something that I wasn't. That judge didn't know me, and he said things that I thought he's not talking about me. But he didn't know I looked after my mum last year, and that, you know, took the hospital every day for cancer treatment. That she didn't know I raised my kids, you know, two kids on my own. Didn't want that. He wanted them making Thomas a football. You're a big star. You're going to jail whether you're guilty or not. You're going. He wanted me. But that, anyway, it's another story. Yeah. I'm waffling on. Sorry. That's what we're here no. for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, just to go back, because you do this podcast with everyone, I mean, I just hope it comes over that, that the football fan knows about the players, and, you know, all players have got feelings, yeah. they? and mm-hmm. they, you know, they've got families, and, you know, I would think sometimes before you say things, but social media now is, is controlling the, the world, isn't it? If there's mm-hmm. any advice to any, any young kids coming through, what would you give them? Well, I mean, I, my own advice was obviously give it everything, can work hard and that, and, you know, the most important thing, I think, is choose your friends wisely. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, that's what I think about, because everyone wants to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. People want to use you. People want to do that. And they're not really your friends. You know what I mean? No, not, I agree with that. Not, no, they're not. They're just... A lot of acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, if you, if you give everything, I give everything as a footballer. You know, I, I don't have any regrets in that respect. It's just I wish I had a bit more of a brain. Unfortunately, it was in my left foot. What <laughs> <laughs> a bad brain. Yeah. How, uh, how do you feel now, Mickey? I mean, we've just, we've gone through everything. I feel like this is, I guess, we're sort of coming to the end. And you've had an incredible journey, not just through your footballing career, but, you know, over the last 18 months. How mm. do you feel today? Um, from where I've been, uh, um, what I got told that day, mm-hmm. that lives with me, that scared me. Certainly the day of, of the operation when the surgeon said to me, how have you been? I said, well, I can't swallow the water even now. He said, that's why we're going to operate, because next week he wouldn't be here. And from him saying that, I don't know whether he really is what he did, but I thought I might not wake up. Because mm-hmm. I, I knew it was a long operation. And I was in a coma, because he was coma for three days, because you know, it was that severe operation. So I was, I was going to be asleep for three days after the operation. So 
I was scared of that. And that's the, that's the first time I had moved for three days. But, but that's, I mean, I, I, was, I was still... But I, I've got out of it, haven't I? I mean, yeah, I've lost half my tummy. I'm, my body's changed, of course, but I'm getting better each day. And what's the future? Get my teeth put back in. Couldn't finish with the The future is, maybe, is, is that... I don't think we all know what the future is, if you're no. really honest, if you're going to be honest. I mean, you can have a, you can have a plan, that, but mm-hmm. I don't go for plans. I just go from day by day. day, by day. That's my nature. But And you're cancer? you cancer, cancer well, free? Well, I've got to be checked out, as, um, as you well know, I think. Yeah. You know, but they can't guarantee me it won't come back. Right, OK. Um, they took a large part of me out of my body. Um, they, they say at this moment in time, I'm, I'm cancer free. Good. Um, I'm on medication a little bit, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm happy from being because I, I know you're involved with the cancer. I know that other people got different noses, but the cancer thing for me is it, it brought, brought home to me about life, how mm-hmm. precious it is, and that. And the one thing that I, I think more than anything, Alan, I'll say this to you is that you understand that your family's so important to you mm-hmm. because sometimes you don't appreciate that. You know, when you, when you get to a certain age, I wish I could have done that for my mum, I wish I could have done that for my dad. And so now I appreciate everything. I, I, I really am very much intent. My brother's just been diagnosed with cancer, so we're going through that stage in the last six months and that. He's, he's not too well at this moment. So it's been a tragic time for him, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the way out of it. Brilliant. Happy. Brilliant, Mickey. Mickey, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm real. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, just one more story. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm not really sure how we unravel that interview. There was mm. just so much. Not a clue. I know that we do say this quite a lot straight after an interview, but I think that has to be in my top three. <laughs> like 100%. There's so many in our top threes. It's incredible. It was... The st- do you know what? Genuinely, I don't, I, I don't know what to do with his stories about prison. Yeah, no, they're crazy. But can I tell you my favourite story of Mickey's? Yeah. When he went to... I'm not sure whether it was Heathrow. I can't remember what he, airport he said. To go... <laughs> I just said, guys, I'm going. It's like, what? Who does that? <laughs> it's amazing because he's so confident and funny and bubbly, but he obviously isn't so confident and funny no, and exactly. bubbly. Actually, he's very shy and full of anxieties. It's, mm. it's I thought what amazing. he said was extremely powerful, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah, absolutely. The powers of social media. Mm-hmm. You know, people you know post things and write things and... Sometimes, you know, you can put stuff on, on there and people read it and, you know, you just don't know what position that person's in mm-hmm. at the time. And God knows what Mickey would have been like if social media had been no, around then. I mean, he's a nervous wreck now, but... It's so sad, isn't it, for what about, him? Well, what about his story? Wham, George Michael. I know. Yeah, that That's was funny, class, wasn't it? it? George Michael. Sleeping in Stanford Bridge is, is like, there can't be many people that used to yeah, do that. Just go to, you know, a Wham party and then next yeah. minute you're a... Uh, and then wham, you're playing West Ham. <laughs> Waham. Waham. <laughs> We're all stupid. You are. Oh, yeah, brilliant, that was brilliant podcast. We could actually yeah. talk about that one for days. Yeah. 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 I so doubt far. people will appreciate it. I though. think it had a really good balance of mm-hmm. humour, but also really touching yeah, absolutely. things that he said that are very, very important. And sometimes people do forget that footballers are human and... You don't know what's going on in their head, maybe no. you know that probably no, no. more than anybody when you're no. playing. And 
something might have happened which was being private. You don't necessarily want it to come out in public, but you have to just deal with it internally and you have to go out and play like a derby or something. Yeah, it's exactly. not easy. No, it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so brave for him to say it. I mean, it, you know, he can keep he can keep that to himself or he could have kept it to himself. But mm-hmm. we're in a world now that social media plays a massive part in a lot of our lives. And, uh, you know, certain things can hurt you. And uh, just be careful what people write. Mm-hmm. Just be nice. Easy way to live, isn't it? Exactly. Have a mind to be kind. Oh, that's nice, Helen. Thank you. You're like a rapper. <laughs> a Chris rapper. <laughs> All right, uh, should we have a look at some emails? Yep. Okay, I've got one here from uh, Diana Gorvanek. She says, Hi, Helen, Sam and Maisie. I'm listening to a lockdown podcast in Guatemala at Lake Etelan. Guatemala? Yeah, amazing, isn't it? We've never had an email from there, have we? Atitlan. I'd, that's I'm so worried cool, I'd, isn't it? It's, ama- it's genuinely amazing. Did you not mention Guatemala to Marcus Rashford? How weird is that? I know. Cool, it? Uh, anyway, um, so I've enjoyed all of your interviews, the stories from ex-players I've grown up watching um, and the insights into what current players are like as people. I watch United Games at my local, El Barrio Bar in San Pedro Laguna. This is great. I'm sorry if I'm ruining how to pronounce things. Uh, with Red Friends, Mike Stewart and Gunnar. Hi, guys. We drank too much Moza, an excellent local dark lager, and the lovely bartenders indulge us over-celebrating and hogging the telly. Thanks a million for keeping this connection to United. Suggestions for future podcasts, the Matic. We've done the Matic one. That's out there. Uh, Carlos Kiros and Arthur Alberson. Two out of three we've done there. Yeah. So, Diana, we're have doing a look. Our jobs, you're, aren't we? you're in for a treat here. Um, thank you so much. And to uh, Mike, Stuart, and Gunnar, I hope you're listening as well. Uh, all the Reds in Guatemala, we appreciate you. You guys are great. Thank you very much indeed. Dominic Trolles. Hello, Sam, David, and Helen. Thank you for saying Sam and not Simon. <laughs> My name is Dominic. I'm 15 and I live in the Faroe Islands. Just wanted to write a quick email to tell you how much I love the podcast. I found it very nice to listen to the older players from the generation where I wasn't born. I particularly loved Eric's, Evers, and Pogba's. I found it very fascinating how Paul goes about his business, how he hates to be in the middle, be the middle man in all the media. Would love it if you did a podcast with Greenwood, Daniel James, or Martial. Just them talking about how they think a young player like me could be one of the 1% that made it pro in football. Special greetings. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a lovely email. You'd like to be there for that conversation too, Sam, would I'd very much like to be there for that conversation. Yep, that would you be great. You want to be in that 1%? Yes, I do. Uh, guys, thank you so much for all of your emails and for listening. Um, we hope you're doing okay. Have uh, a wonderful day with the rest of it. You've listened. Uh, we are off now. So um, we'll see you on the next one. If you want to get in touch, you can email us, unitedpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. The email address is in the show notes. Um, and review, subscribe. Um, if you write a review, take a screenshot of it, send it to David May. Uh, he, will, he will send you his beer machine. So thanks again. Uh, don't forget to do that. And we'll see you next time. You will not have a chance of getting my video machine, just to let you know. (laughs)